0: But we knew you were here. Thank you for your faithfulness in being here. Thank you to our worship team for their faithfulness. And this is their third go around today. Praise God. Getting better at each service. Not that you were bad in the beginning, but it's wonderful. It's, uh, those particular songs are so appropriate for today. Great is your faithfulness. He's so good, He's so steady. What a crazy world. Hey, we're almost, we're almost in the last month of 2020. How's that sound? Yeah. woo Not that anything really changes in the calendar, but at least it feels, might feel a little different. But it's a crazy world. Crazy world. Crazy world. Protests and riots and looting and war and <clears throat> bombings and assassinations. There was another assassination in Iran. uh they think Israel did it. Took out their top nuclear bomb scientist. Um, people dying from drug overdose. Climate change. I hate the president. I love the president. I hate the president elect. He's not the president elect. Everything is like, it's like the world's being juggled by some mad juggler. The world seems to be spinning out of control. But I want to show you a video. It's a little over three minutes that depicts all this craziness. Now, for those of you who are watching online, unfortunately, we can't give you the music that goes with it because it's copyrighted. But uh, the song is called, song is called <laughs> the, Eve, the Eve of Destruction. I wrote, my mine went to the lyrics. The Eve of Destruction by Mary, Barry McGuire. You can look that up online. You can go get another cup of coffee or put some more butter on your popcorn while we watch this in the house. Let's, let's show that video. Now, many of you were not even born when that video was made. I was a junior in high school. But the reason I'm showing it is because we tend to think that when things are crazy now, that they're worse than they've ever been. They were even worse back then. There was little hope for the world back then. Everybody thought, we were on the eve of destruction. It was crazy. I was a junior in high school, and we just thought the world had gone mad. And to fast forward in my life four years, it had only gotten worse. I was married, madly in love with Nancy. She was madly in love with me. But we looking at the world, we had no hope. We had no hope for the future at all. We had no hope that things were ever going to get better. In fact, we were convinced the world was spiraling out of control. We were convinced we were on the edge of nuclear war. We knew that the Niagara Falls power plant was a uh, site for nuclear missiles. It still is today. It's one of the major places where homeland security is constantly on guard because that would knock out power to the whole eastern United States if they hit that. Um, But things are out of control, and the decks seem to be stacked against us in a big way. Uh, Nuclear war was on the horizon. Uh, Science was warning us about climate change. Back then it was global freezing. All the science magazines and journals were saying we're all going to freeze to death soon in our lifetime. Inevitable. The, The facts proved it. It's crazy. Just crazy. We had no hope, no expectation for the future. Riots and destruction. I remember being... In Baltimore, uh, when Martin Luther King was assassinated, that whole city was under lockdown. There were National Guardsmen with M-16s on every street corner. There were riot police and horses chasing mobs down the street. I got caught in one of those. I borrowed a friend's Volkswagen to go cash a check. And unfortunately, his car had no reverse. Back then, you drove cars like that. would only go forward. So this riot is coming towards me, this mob being chased by mounted policemen. And I couldn't turn around. I couldn't back up. I could turn around. I ended up turning around using both sidewalks to turn that car around and get out of the way. The world was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. There was no way. We decided we're not bringing kids into this world. It's so bad. Why would we ever want to bring a child into this mess? And we said, we're never going to have kids. It'll be just the two of us. But we bought some property down in Collins Center. We had 12 acres, and there was a ravine, kind of a, a nice little valley there, a little stream running through it. We figured if we knew that the bombs were going to drop, we could hide in that ravine. The nuclear blast would pass over us, and we'd become subsistence farmers. You know, we'd grow our own food. We are hippies, you know. Uh, Nancy was a real big-time hippie. Um, but we'd take care of ourselves. We'd grow our own food. Well, I've learned through my, you know, 50 years of gardening since then, we would have starved to death in about two weeks because... Uh, <laughs> Last year, not this, this year, but the year prior, I planted corn. You know what my entire corn crop was? A half-formed ear, one half-formed ear of corn. Because the night before I decided it was ready to pick, I had fenced this in with five-and-a-half-foot-tall chain links so the deer couldn't get in there. I thought, I did it. We finally won the battle. That night, the raccoons came and carried away every stinking ear of corn. They didn't even leave the cobs. They just took it. It disappeared. But they missed that little one. So I had Nancy take a picture. Here it is. We would have died so quick. But we're out there and we're actually down in that little valley by the stream. It was just a beautiful day. The apple trees were in full bloom. You know, the fragrance was incredible. I looked at Nancy and I said I think it's t- God's telling us it's time to start a family. And she said, you know what? I agree with you. We both sense that in our, in our hearts. And Nine months to the day after that, your pastor was born. That's all I'm going to say about that afternoon, because uh, he's watching online. Um, but what happened? What changed in our hearts? What caused that change? How did two people who had absolutely no peace about the status of the world, no hope for the future, suddenly have perfect peace about bringing a child into the world? What was the difference? The world was still apparently out of control. Wars were still raging. Our friends were coming home, still coming home in body bags almost on a weekly basis. There was a world oil crisis. Price of gasoline was 4 5 $6. Sometimes you had to wait in line around the block for hours to even hopefully get a, a refill of gas. The Middle East was still in turmoil. Nothing had changed, and yet everything had changed. What was it that made the difference? Hope. Hope. Hope had found a place in our hearts. But what is it? What is hope? Where does it come from? Is it a feeling? Is it a naive, positive outlook in spite of what's going on around you? Is it denial? What is it? Is it a little smoke? Chill? Everything's going to work out? Listen to what Ephesians chapter 1 says. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And in Colossians chapter 1 it says, The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints, that's us folks, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What happened that changed our outlook on everything was Christ had come into our hearts. We had found our Savior. He had found us. When you look back, you realize he was after me all along. He was after both of us all along. When we weren't looking for him, he was still looking for us. So my question this morning, friends, is do you have hope? Do you really have hope in your heart? With all that's been going on around us this year, have you been rattled? Has your confidence in God been shaken? Have you found yourself worrying or fretting or being overly concerned about what's going to happen? You know, hope is not something we can work up. Hope is a person. Don't ever forget that. Hope is a person. Hope comes through trusting in that person, through trusting in Jesus Christ. It's his presence in our heart that gives us hope. It's the knowledge, we were singing about this today, that we are complete and safe in Him. Gives hope. Knowing our eternal destination is secure produces hope. When we put our trust, when we put our faith in Jesus, and we trust that he really did take all of our sins on himself, that produces hope. When we believe in him and trust in him that we're completely forgiven, fear no longer has any hold on us. You can't threaten a dead man with death. If you have truly died to yourself and you're risen in Christ and you're seated with him in heavenly places, what fear does this world have? Hold against you. You know, I've often said to the Lord, you know, I'm willing to die for you. I'm willing, the dying process, or being dead does not scare me. Holds no fear. The dying process, eh, you know, how that's going to happen, I'm not sure. I remember being in Vietnam, I was at the uh, military intelligence headquarters in Saigon. And to get to our little building, we had a separate entrance from the main gate to the Tan Air Base. So we had to go out of the gate, go about an eighth of a mile, then back in the main gate. So while you're out there, you're in the city of Saigon, you know, no protection, no, nobody watching you. Well, we knew that there were fried donuts on the air base. But we had to go out the one gate and then the other one to get them. I think there were five or ten cents. So we'd go over there and get like 60 donuts and bring them back for the guys. And one night we got a report because we listened to all the radio reports. That's what we were, we were eavesdropping, electronic eavesdropping. We heard there was a firefight outside the main gate. So the big question was, who's going to go make the donut run tonight? And we all wanted to go. We were fighting to be the one that would go. Because we were so bored being stupid, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, we thought it would be fun to drive through a firefight. God saved me from myself. I think I actually was the one that went. It was the fun part was trying to explain 60 to a person that didn't speak english you know 60 donuts using your fingers but eventually they got used to us and got ready for us but you know we hope 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 takes away fear now that was a that was a stup- that was not hope that was stupidity Uh, The other day, I was just, I forget exactly what it was that I remembered doing as a teenager. But I just remember saying to God, thank you for your complete and total forgiveness. An idiot like me, you would love enough to die for. It's just overwhelming, uh, the stupid things we've all done. But he loves us in spite of the fact that he knows us more than we know ourselves. But fear, when you have hope, fear has no hold on you. For a believer in Jesus Christ, Hope is the confident expectation that God will do what He's promised to do. We were singing about that this morning. God will always keep His promises. He is faithful. He's our anchor. His Word is our anchor. You know, we talk about, we don't talk enough about how important it is to spend time in the Word. And I'm preaching to myself this morning. You know, sometimes we get our little devotion or we do it in a hurry or, you know, we're, we're trying to work it in somewhere here or there. But, I like it to be my habit, and I'm fairly successful, but not completely. Every morning, I just stop right away. and As soon as I wake up, even before I get out of bed, to just breathe, Jesus, thank you, I'm here. Have your way, let your kingdom come today in me and through me. And just spending that, that first, those first few seconds, I sense this quickening in my heart, this touch of God touching my spirit, and that gives me hope. It gives me peace that he's real, that his presence is real, that I'm not just some uh, mistake that happened on planet Earth because Fred and Ruth got together one day. That there's purpose for my life. My purpose is him. My purpose is being a carrier of his presence. And it's his presence that gives hope. His word brings hope. But as we, if we don't know his word, if we don't know his promises, that's where I was going with that. Our hope is limited. It's, our, it's the word of God that gives us the ability to reject all the things the world is throwing at us and putting in front of our faces. The fear that would naturally come when we look at the natural state of things. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. You know, no matter what the world or circumstances throw at us, that one scripture, if it's found a place in our hearts, we can, we can counter every, every lie, every circumstance. You know, your wife's going to leave you. He who promised is faithful. Your job is on the line. He who promised is faithful. When you lose your job, you're going to starve. You're going to lose your house. You're going to get your car repossessed. He who promised, is faithful. His promises, his word, produce hope. Let me tell you one more short story. we got about nine minutes. Nope. Four minutes left. We'll be closing soon. Okay. One story of how the Holy Spirit confirmed in me, or to me, that the gift of hope had taken root, had found a place to dwell in my heart. We were in our first house over in Snyder, a little tiny tri-level. And I was working for the post office as a letter carrier at the time I'd get home about 3.30 in the afternoon, which was wonderful. Have the rest of the afternoon and evening to be with family or do whatever. But I came home and your pastor, Josh, was sitting on the sewer vent, stuck up about that far, under a tree in our front yard. And there were three other kids sitting with him. And they were all coloring in the same coloring book. That might not be significant to you, but it was to me because when we first moved in the neighborhood, they were all great kids, a lot of kids in our street. But if there were two together, any two, any two kids would get along together, no problems. If there were three or more, war would break out. Every single time. Somebody would end up going home crying. Didn't matter who it was. And that just drove your pastor crazy, even as a little kid. But I'm sitting there, and I'm watching this, and I'm realizing that, the leadership gift in Josh, even as a, I don't know how old he was, maybe five, six years old, whatever, was already having an effect on our neighborhood. It was crazy. It was crazy. His leadership, the kids were changing in how they related to one another because of his influence, and not only his influence, but the influence of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm sitting there on this, our little concrete stoop, and the kids are not even as far away as the edge of the platform here. And I'm saying, God, this is so wonderful. Thank you, thank you for what you're letting me see here. And he said, I want to ask you a question. He said, you think this is wonderful? Yeah. He said, what if you come home tomorrow and your house is burned to the ground, just a pile of ashes, there's nothing left, and your wife, Nancy, and your kids are laying on the front lawn in body bags? Will you still serve me? Will you still love me? Whoa, it hit me like a bag of grenades. And then I heard my heart response, which surprised me. But just without a conscious thought, it just rose up within me. I said, Lord, who else would I serve? Where else would I go? You're the only one that has eternal life. And I knew then, and I've known every day since, that my hope is in Jesus. It's unshakable because it's not about me. It's about him, the one who lives inside of me. He's my future. He's my peace. His presence in all the storms of life. So I want to ask you a question today, both people that are here, people who are at home. Do you have that kind of hope in your heart? Has your heart become a place of rest for the promises of God? Do you really trust your future to him? Even though this world is crazy, as you've been, we've been going through 2020. Have you been rocked? I mean, not that we shouldn't be aware of what's going on, but has your foundation been shaken or is your foundation steady in Jesus Christ? In John 16, it says, Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Now listen to this. You won't find this in your pocket Bible promise book. I don't know if you remember those. It always amazes me that this scripture is not in there because it's a real promise. He says, in the world, you will have tribulation. You don't find that in there. In the world, you're going to have big trouble. That's what tribulation means. But he said, don't let it bother you. Be of good cheer. Be happy. Have peace, this cheer in your heart, because I've overcome the world. In the world, you will have trouble. How many of you had some trouble in the last year? You're going to have more, probably before the end of the year. Something else is going to come that would trouble you, come against you. But Jesus said, don't let it rock you. I've overcome the world. It's not about this world. This morning, as we're watching, there's an intro video that you see online, and we play it in here. And it shows this facility and the houses. But as the, as the camera pulls back, you see Brighton. And it just hit me. Here's all the houses with people living in them. Then across the street is all the dirt in the cemetery with bodies laying there. As you cross the street from life to death, you don't take anything with you. It's not about what we have here, our possessions the things of this world. It's about where we spend eternity. All our bodies are going to lay for at least for a season unless he comes back while we're still walking. Uh, we're gonna lay, the body's going to lay in the grave, but to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Our hope is in him. The scripture tells us we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I just covered up my watch. That was bad. Okay. So you can have this Peace. And the thing is, there's another important part to this. The world needs you to be a carrier of hope. The world needs to see you living in hope, unrocked, unmoved, unshaken. Because when they see that, they're going to want to know what that is. And that gives you an opportunity to tell them, it's not about me, it's about the one that's in my heart. The world needs you to demonstrate how to live in hope, how to have confidence, live with confidence in the goodness of God. And you can have that right now. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet this morning. We're going to close by saying a prayer together. And I encourage you, whether you're here, in the house, or you're online, to pray these prayers out loud. It might seem silly if you're sitting in your family room or your living room or your den. But I'm going to encourage you, stand up. Get out of your chair. Stand up and pray these words with me. Let's just say them together. Jesus i trust you i give my life into your care i trust the truth that you took my sin that you paid the penalty that i could not pay i make you lord and master of my life i will trust you forever i receive your presence and will live with confident peace and hope forever and I will bring your hope and peace to your world. Thank you, Jesus. You are my hope. Amen. 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 God bless you this morning. It's a couple things before we go. I'm going to say goodbye to our online audience. Thank you for being with us. You've been a, it's a blessing to know you're out there, to know you're watching. May the word of God just find a good place in your heart and produce that peace and hope that God wants you to have. For those of us in the house, there's a giving box in the back for giving, but you can see there's options on the screen for giving. Uh, If you're a guest today, you're under no obligation whatsoever to give, but if God's done something in your life, and you want to respond by sharing your finances to worship him, by all means, go ahead and worship him. Check out the website for small groups. There's a prayer team available in the lobby to agree with you in prayer,